So tonight on the Follower Series, we are going to be talking about this bad boy right here, which is the Holy Bible. Yes, that's awesome that we are going to be talking about this book tonight because it's pretty legit if you're unfamiliar with it. If you open this bad boy up, there are smaller versions, just so you know. You don't have to have this big of one. But inside of this one awesome book are 66 smaller books. Some are in the Old Testament. Does anyone know what the Old Testament is different than the New Testament? Why it's different? If you just know, shout it out. What, what isn't in the Old Testament that is in the New Testament? Jesus, right now, Jesus is in the Old Testament like that video talks about. He's just prophesied about, so they're predicting his coming, but he's not alive on earth yet. So the New Testament marks when Jesus actually comes here onto earth. So 66 books. Now these 66 books have 35 different writers, but only one author. Who do you think the author is? God, right? But then 35 different writers of the Bible. Now, these men were prophets, they were disciples, they were kings, or they were just regular people that loved God a lot. And they wrote these books over many, many years from many, many different locations to many, many different groups and types of people. Now, God used each of these writers and their own stories to help teach people about who he was and who his son Jesus was. Now, God did not physically write this Bible, sit down and write it with his hands, but every single word in it, we should act as if it comes from the mouth of God because each word was inspired by him working in those writers' lives. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 describes why this Bible is so, so important and why we as followers should take it seriously. And it says all scripture, so every single one of those books, every single word in it, is inspired by who? God. And is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So on a scale of one to 10, as far as how important is this baby, it's like a 10, if not an 11. Super, super important because teaches us what to do. It prepares us to do every good work and it teaches us what is correct or wrong in our lives. Now, you may have heard some lies about this book, like how it's boring or how it's super, super, super old and it's probably not very relevant to you, but I would argue otherwise. This book has something in it for everybody in the entire world. If you really, really like action, how many of you are action fans in here? You love the Marvel, the Star Wars, all those good movies where there's guns and fighting. If you love action, I would recommend First and Second Samuel for you. Where are they? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. No, they're there. Okay. First and Second Samuel. These are awesome, awesome books that are filled to the brim with blood and fighting and killing and beheading and swords and tactical different strategies. It's so, so good. These are a couple of my favorite books. I would highly, highly recommend them if you like action. If you're not the action type, if you're the Hallmark Christmas movie type, you know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm, I don't judge you 
but you might like a little bit different speed. You might like the Song of Solomon book, or you might like Mark, or Luke, or John, because these are love stories. One of them, Mark, Luke, John, all those guys, those are love stories about Jesus and his love for you. If you like that mushy stuff, that's what I would recommend. How many of you are musicians in here? Yes, 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 okay, for you, I would recommend the book of Psalms, right there. It has tons and tons and tons of music. There's no Justin Bieber in there, but it's pretty close, okay? If not better. So tons and tons of music, tons and tons of poetry. There is something in this book for every single person in the world. The last thing that it is, is boring or irrelevant. It cuts deep into our lives, and it is vital that we, as Jesus followers, take notice, that we open up that book and we figure out how to apply it, actually apply it into our lives. Now, it's one thing to read it and skim it and ignore it. That's not applying it. And it's another completely to read it, digest it, and then figure out how to apply it in our lives. But I think more often than not, we aren't applying it. We read what his word says, or we hear from him what we should do, and then what do we do? We do the opposite, right? And then the Lord's like, all right, now I got to go clean up your mess because you fools don't listen to a word that I say. More often than not, if we're honest, we might look a little bit like that with God. But scripture warns against this kind of behavior. In this book right here, in the book of Revelations, it says in 3:15 through 16, it says, I know all the things that you do, even in the dark. Okay, I know all the things that you do, God says, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you are one or the other, but since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, what is the scripture saying? What God is saying here to each and every one of us is that God doesn't want us to be lukewarm when it comes to following him in his directions. So God is literally saying, I would rather you not listen to one single word in this book, be completely, completely cold, than you be, eh, I'll follow some of it. I'll follow some of the stuff that is in this book. I'll listen to some of the directions and the instructions, but I don't exactly agree with all of it. God would rather you say, I disagree with every single word in that book than to say, I go along with some. How crazy is that? He doesn't want someone who is cold, but he really doesn't want someone who is lukewarm, who goes with whatever they feel like in the moment. Ideally, you would be hot. Now, hot means you're like, yes, I am for it. I understand the assignment. I will listen to every single direction and instruction, and when I fall short, I'll ask for forgiveness because, again, that's another instruction of this Bible to do. He would rather us be cold, not listening to a word, than only applying some of it into our lives. But again, if we're honest, it's probably not what's happening. If we're honest, a lot of us are probably in that comfy, lukewarm stage. We love, we love the parts of the Bible that talk about heaven and how once we die, we're gonna get to go there. We're all on board for that. But we aren't so crazy about the, tar the part that talks about honoring and respecting authority. Your parents, your teachers, your blue team. You like heaven, but respect, 
eh, a little on the fence with that. Or maybe you buy into the whole part that says, oh, yes, people should treat me the way that they want to be treated. They should be kind to me. They should love me. They should always give me the benefit of the doubt. But when it talks about sleeping around before you're married, you're not really on board for that part either. We're completely willing to agree with the easy parts of the Bible, but we tend to lose that tender, loving feeling for the hard parts, the talk about sinning and making the right choices. Now, I'm just being honest here. I'm not judging you. I've been in this part of life before as well. But God says, I will spit you from my mouth if you are lukewarm. This is like, okay, think of lukewarm like this. Imagine a football player going to a ref and saying, sir, can you please change the rules? I would love to be able to tackle everyone, but no one is allowed to tackle me because that hurts and I don't want to do that. That's basically what Philip Rivers used to do, okay? We don't like that. That's annoying. That's not how the game is played. You tackle other people, they're going to come, and they are going to tackle you. That's the rules. You can't just change them in order to make things convenient for you. The same goes for God's word. We can't just take the parts that we like and leave out the rest The word of God is not like a salad bar where you can say, I like this, I like this, I like this, and that's it. Take it or leave it. Don't be lukewarm. But in the world today, I think that's what we've been taught. We've been taught it's okay to pick and choose different parts of your faith. It's okay to pick and choose different parts about who you are and who you were created to be. In fact, the world loves to say this sentence, and raise your hand if you've ever heard this. I just need to live my truth. Raise your hand if you've ever heard that before. Raise your hand if you've ever heard, you need to live out your truth. Yes, 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 yes. What does that mean? I have no idea what that means, but that is the gospel of the world, that the truth is relative, that it depends on who you are and what your opinion is, that you can change the truth based on what your experiences are and what you are feeling in that moment. What we need to understand is that there is only one truth. One truth overall, and that is what comes from the word of God right here. This is the one and the only truth. The truth does not come from the news. The truth does not come from what your parents say. The truth does not come from what your friends say. Your truth is not whatever you are feeling in that moment. It's not whatever is convenient for you or that makes yourself feel better based off of your circumstances and your choices. There is one truth. And if you are not living from the one truth that comes from the word of God, you are lying to yourself The enemy is lying to you, and the world is lying to you, and we will be spat from the mouth of God. The world wants to tell us that truth equals perception plus feelings. So your perception plus what you're feeling equals the truth. But God is saying, I am the one and the only truth. 
James 4, 4 says, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you wanna be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. The world says it's okay, whatever you need, whatever you want, whatever is comfortable in that moment, that is what is okay, but God is saying, if you listen to the world, you're no friend of mine. You're an enemy of mine. God is so, so serious when it comes to his word, and he knows that his followers must, must choose to believe it, to put it above anything else. Otherwise, we will be led astray. The weight of God's word is non-negotiable, and God wants to be taken 100% at his word. James 1.22 says, but don't listen Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. You have to listen to all of it in order to be hot, in order to not be lukewarm. But what exactly does this look like? What does it look like to be on fire, to be listening to the word, to be living God's truth instead of whatever the world's truth is? Well, we've got a handy dandy scale out here to take a look at this. Now everybody say hello, Sean. Hi, Sean. So he's gonna be, don't, okay, you ruined it. So this is what we're gonna be looking at tonight to help us understand what it means to listen to the truth of what the Bible is saying. So every single day we are faced with lots and lots and lots of choices. Now. Lots of times, people are trying to influence you on what choice to make in that moment. Think of some influences in your life. Maybe your friends, maybe your family, maybe your teachers, maybe your coaches, maybe whatever the Instagrams or the TikToks are saying that day. These are different influences that are pulling us in certain ways that are trying to help us or dictate the decisions that we make, whether that's yes or whether that's no. Now we decide how much weight we are going to allow these different forces to have upon our choices and our opinions. So we might say, my friend's opinion means a lot to me. I really, really care what they say and what they think about the decisions that I make. Or we might say, I really care about my parents or I really care about what the pastors of 4640 think. Let's be honest, that's not very high up there. No, I'm just kidding, okay? But we don't necessarily know for sure where God lies in those decisions at certain times throughout the day. So let's say you're going to the mall and you're shopping, okay? Now, I know this is a hangout spot. This is where I used to hang out when I was in middle school too, way back in the day. Now, imagine that you're shopping around and you see something that you really, 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 really want. Now, you don't have the money to pay for it. So your option is you can walk away or you can steal it. Well, you're thinking about it. And your friends are saying, just take it. What's, what's the big deal? You're not going to get caught. It's not very expensive. The store's not even going to miss it. You should steal, and it won't be a big deal. So this is what's weighing on your mind. Your friends are saying yes, but then you're thinking, okay, yes, my friends are saying yes, they're pulling me that way, but also I know what my mama would say right now in this situation. And she would say, do not, do not by any circumstances steal that from the store. You will get caught, do not be an idiot. So in your mind, you're like, oh, could go with my friends, could go with my parents. Now, if we're consulting the truth, we can see what it says in Exodus 20:15. It says, you must not steal. So should, should you steal? 
No. So what we should do is we should put God's word above everything else, and it should outweigh. It should absolutely trump whatever your friends say, whatever your parents say, even though they were on the right side in this circumstance. That should be the trump card, is what you know the truth says. You must not steal. Now, next situation, go ahead and reset it. You're thinking in your brain, okay, there's this boy. And he is cute. Oh, he's fine. Oh, he got his braces off. Are you joking? Oh, you don't know what you're doing. Okay, okay. So now you're like, okay, I really, really, really want to date him. Then you find out he's not Christian. Deal breaker, right? Except, except, except your, your friends are saying, hey, you should date that boy. He's super, super cute. He'll probably ask you to the social. You're going to want to go. It's going to be a lot of fun. You should absolutely date that boy. Who cares if he's not Christian? You'll get him there one day. And your 4640 pastors are saying, hey, um, no, don't date that boy. He doesn't love Jesus. It's not a good idea. Oh, you're going to make us way more than the friends? That's optimistic. Okay, okay, okay. And so in your brain, you're trying to figure out what to do. You're trying to figure out what to do. Then you look at the Bible, the trump card, and it says in 2 Corinthians 6.14, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? Is the Bible saying, yes, you should date that boy? No, you should not. That should be the trump card. That should be how you know what decision to make. The Bible and this next situation can also weigh in. And this one's a little, this one's a little bit interesting, okay? Let's say in this situation, it's kind of late at night. You're feeling a little bit lonely, and you're debating whether or not you want to ask your girlfriend to send nudes. I know. I know. Now, the music that you listen to on a regular basis that constantly degrades and objectifies women tells you, yes. You should absolutely ask your girlfriend for nudes. What else is her body for? Um, other things, okay? But what else? You should absolutely ask her to send you those things. Go ahead and do it. And your heart, it's not actually your heart, is telling you, yes, you should absolutely ask your girlfriend for nudes. You're going to want to see those pictures. But if you look at the trump card, it says in Matthew 5, 28, but I say, Anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery in his heart. Woo. Bye, Drake. Not listening to you anymore. Okay. Trump card. Every single time the Bible should outweigh anything else. No matter what they're saying, no matter what the world is telling you, your friends, your parents, your teachers, whoever it is, all of that should not even compare to the amount of weight that you are giving to the Lord in his truth. Now, we need to understand that the Bible's not trying to ruin our fun. It's not trying to make our lives boring. Instead, it's protecting us from the lies and the traps of the enemy. It says in John 10, 27 through 28, my sheep, so this is Jesus talking about us, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. Do we want to listen to what the world says? The world that doesn't really care about who we are 
doesn't care about our futures, doesn't spend every single waking second of every single day thinking about us and protecting us and having dreams for us? Or do we want to listen to Jesus who says, you are my sheep. You are my creation. I have given you eternal life and you know my voice. We should listen to Jesus. In life, we are faced with so many different choices and there's so many different forces pulling at us and it can be so, so hard to deal with. But the second that we decide, I'm gonna make sure that Jesus' truth, God's truth outweighs anything else, we can know for sure that we are always making the right choice, that you are always being protected and that Jesus will bring you peace through those decisions. So now that we've talked a ton about what the Bible is, you might be wondering, well, I don't have a Bible. How do I know what the truth is? Well, you can keep kind of 4640 every single week. We have thousands of scriptures that we put up throughout the year. We'll teach you, we'll help guide you, but also you should get a Bible for yourself. They are completely free on your phone. You can download the Bible app. You just go to your app store, search the Bible app. It's completely free. The entire Bible is on there. There's all kinds of different plans. It literally reads to you if you don't like to read. It has different moods that you can choose that will give you scriptures for. There's no excuse to not have a Bible and to not be reading it. It's never been easier before. If you want a paper version, come and let us know. We'll help you figure that out. The Bible can be intimidating because it is big, but once you start, you're never going to want to stop. And you might come across some things that are going to challenge you, but you need to keep in mind that you don't want to be lukewarm. You can't pick and choose what you want. Instead, you got to take it as the full truth. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we love you so, so much and thank you for this word that you've given us, that you've blessed us with, that we never have to question, that we never have to wonder what the right choice is because you're right there guiding us every single step of the way. I pray for courage in each and every one of these students to stand up for your word, to not listen to what the word, to what the world says, but instead to listen to you in every single circumstance and trust you all the way. We love you so much and it's in your awesome name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.